good morning, good morning, everybody. Welcome to RCC and happy Easter. Guys, it makes my heart so happy to see you guys all here. Today is a beautiful day. It's all about celebration. It's all about family and fellowship. And we are just so honored to be worshiping with you. And thank you to everyone who is watching on our live stream. We are so happy that you've chosen to join us this way. We hope that you are so blessed in our service today. So today we're going to have lots of great things going on. You're going to have a sermon. You're going to see some baptism. We'll have a picnic at the end. It's going to be just a day full of celebration and we are so glad that you're here with us. If you would, we like to read a lectionary before we get our service started. And our lectionary is a set of passages that works through the Bible in three years. It keeps us connected with the church and this morning we're going to read a very special lectionary. It comes from Psalm 118. This would be the same psalm that Jesus would be saying at Passover. And so as people are saying this in the Jewish community, they're talking about Jesus and they're talking about the cornerstone that the builders rejected and it's a beautiful psalm that is prophetically talking about the ministry of Christ and so this morning we have the honor to read and listen to it if you can I'd love it if you guys could stand with us if you're home we also would invite you to stand we like to put our body where our theology is and then I'm just going to read this over to you so if you just want to begin to settle I know Easter Sunday is one of those mornings where there's so much going on you got to get your kids ready you can't find your keys but we're just going to all I'll take a really big deep breath, okay? Just begin to settle into the morning and the goodness of the day. You made it. I see you. You guys all look beautiful and we're here. All right. So it says, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. May his mercy endure forever. Let Israel now proclaim that his mercy endures forever. And the Lord is my strength and my song, and he has become my salvation. And there is sound of exaltation and victory and the tents of righteousness. The right hand of the Lord has triumphed and the right hand of the Lord is exalted. The right hand of the Lord has triumphed. And I shall not die, but live and declare the works of the Lord. The Lord has punished me, but he did not hand me over to death. He has opened for me the gates of righteousness, and I will enter in them. I will offer thanks to the Lord and say that this is the gate of the Lord, and he who is righteous may enter. And I give thanks to you, God, for you answered me, and you have become my salvation. The same stone that the builders rejected is now the chief of cornerstone. And this is the Lord's doing. And it is marvelous in our eyes. And on this day, the Lord has acted and we will rejoice and be glad in it. And so Father God, we rejoice and we are glad in your presence. God, I thank you for everyone who is under the sound of my voice. May they receive a very special blessing this morning. Lord, may joy begin to well up in their hearts. Lord, I pray that your presence is so strong and so felt this morning, that they know that you see them, that you love them, and that you are here to meet with them this morning as well. God, we thank you that the grave couldn't stop you, that death couldn't stop you, that the enemy couldn't stop you, and that you are victorious and triumphant, and today celebrates the work that you did on the cross. And God, if they hear nothing else, may today be a reminder that there is a God that loves them so deeply that he sent his son to die and that that God didn't just die, that he rose again and that is what we can forever posture ourselves in, God. And the victory of your risen son. And so God, we just thank you this morning. We worship and adore you. We give you all of our joy and our praise for you are worthy and you are good. And in your holy son's name, we are so excited to say today, amen. We thank you. We thank you for what you did on the cross. And we thank you that today you are actively still resurrecting parts of our hearts that are dead and are needing, des are needing respiration, that are desperate to see you move. 
I thank you that the, that the act of, of resurrection is still active in the city of Smyrna and it is active in the, in the across the globe, that you are doing things. You are restoring us and will continue to restore us back to your hearts. And we thank you for that. We pray a blessing over the city of Smyrna. We pray, pray a blessing over every home that is represented here this morning, where they drove from, the cities that they drove from. God, I pray that as we walk in the freedom and in the healing of what that day did for us today, 2,000 years ago, that we would walk amongst our streets and our cities loving the people around us, that we would be a people that loves our neighbors well, that we would be speaking the truth of resurrection to our neighbors in love and in grace and with hope that this is not the end of the story, that our pain and our suffering is not the end of the story. It is still being written, and what we know to be true is that there will be a day where every tongue confesses and every knee bows and proclaims that you are God of all gods. You are King of all kings, and you are Lord of all lords. And so, God, this morning we just exalt your name high above it all. And we ask, God, that you specifically in Smyrna would just sweep across our hearts, that you would speak to the poor and know that they are lifted up, that they matter, that they are valued. May that you put us in a position to partner with and to elevate those who are marginalized, who are unseen, who are lonely, who think they are forgotten, who think that they do not matter. May we see them and may we raise, put our hand down and elevate them to a place that is above us. Because that is what you did when you came. May we embody that as a church. And may we never forget, may we never lose the wonder of what you did on the cross and what you did three days later. May we never lose the wonder of how miraculous that is, how audacious that was for you to conquer death, how kind and loving and generous. And may we walk and embody that everywhere we go. May your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, today and every day moving forward. It is in your holy and mighty and loving name that we pray. Amen. So I don't know if you heard Lisetta over here. So she was the happiest person here by far. And so... Children are a gift, and I love being present with children. Even though we took them over there, they're coming back in a bit. Um, my name's Josh. Most of you know me, but if you're new, I am the pastor here at River City Church. I love it. I love to be the pastor here. I love our community. I love the people I'm looking at right now. Yesterday, when we were actually preparing for this, we were praying that God would allow us to do these things that we were setting up for as worship. And so a lot of times there's so many things happening that it can get a little bit chaotic. But as we were bringing chairs out and making these circles and doing all the things, we acted as if it was worship. And it felt like worship to me. It felt like we were honoring God with what we were doing in our day. Just singing is not the only kind of worship that we are able to offer God. Even this service, the whole part of it is worship from start to finish. Shaking your neighbor's hand is worship. The way that we love our kids is worship. The way that we love our parents is worship. The way that we see one another deeply is worship. All of it is worship. And I had this deep sense yesterday of the gift of what we have here and the people that are here. My heart really actually started to well up about halfway through the day, even for the city of Smyrna and the local area, just looking at people living up there and Somebody parked in one of these spaces that had to move it this morning, and that was probably really awkward for them to come move their car out of our parking spaces when we were setting up for this service. And this over here is the government building, and this over here is the field everyone rents out, and over here is the library, and this is really the heart of our city. This is the heart of the city of Smyrna. 
And I have this welling up in me of the kind of love I, I genuinely believe that God feels for the people in our lives. Not just us in this place, but every person, every single person. And I have this desire to have him show us how to love people in the ways that he's loving, right? And so I'm going to share with you for a little bit. I'm going to just be super honest with you. This is not my favorite place to preach in. This is an awkward space for me, but I can tell that it's more comfortable for us to be out here. And I do love that we're listening to birds. We're literally listening to birds right now. And that's beautiful. The outdoors are my favorite places next to rivers, on mountains. I don't care where it is. Here, sitting over there yesterday at a table. And lovingly, one of our worship leaders, we only have one that would do this, but decided to honk her horn at me as I was praying for this service three feet from me. So her name, her name rhymes with Rekka because she decided to Rekka my prayer time. I just did that right there. Amen. I'm just kidding. It was funny. I laughed. All right, so I'm going to jump right in today. It's warm out here. Actually, someone over there was asking me if I could turn down the heat, and I actually have no ability to do that outside. You have to talk to the sun. Um, that wasn't a good joke. I can tell. That's okay. It doesn't have to be. All of them don't have to land. All right, so I sense a love for this city, and it's, it's Easter, okay? It's Resurrection Sunday, okay? So today is the day that we commemorate what Jesus did when he came to life. But listen, this is not a day that when it happened that there was celebration, Right? This isn't the day that Peter preached to thousands and they all received Jesus and they were all together and building the church. This is a day where people were confused when it was happening. People didn't understand what was happening. People couldn't catch up to it. And so what does Easter represent for us as a, as a people? I am convinced that our culture sees things about how we see Easter and are confused. Right? I think... In some ways, Easter is a massive invitation. I don't personally believe Easter is today to build your church. I think it's an invitation into deeper conversations. But I think it is a way for people to build their church, to invite people. I get that. But I think what people see when they hear us and see us do Easter is that we're really confident. Right? We almost emulate and exude a confidence that's noticeable. I mean, we put up signs out in the street. We're in a parking lot speaking about Jesus, right? But I wonder, what about Easter and the confidence and the certainties that we bring? God's actually saying, you you need to slow down for one second. You need to read the Gospels. It's a certainty of what he did. But they were confused, especially this Gospel that we're going to read today. And if you want, you can go ahead and pull out your phone and open it up to an app that has a Bible in it and turn to Mark. 16 verses 1 through 8 and as you're getting there I want to remind you last week was Palm Sunday and Jesus had told his disciples three times exactly what he was going to do I'm literally going to be killed he said the words of what he was going to do and they didn't understand it it's confusing he told them this is going to happen And they couldn't understand it because what they brought to the table about him was a false place. So even as this week happened, Palm Sunday, travels into the city, travels all the way through the week. Things are happening that the disciples are frustrated with all the way to the point where yesterday is a Sabbath day. The day before Jesus is killed, they're misunderstanding it. And so I just want to just suppose and, and ask you to question Are there possibly things about how Jesus is working in you in our lives that you don't understand yet? What if Easter is not just as simple as the celebration of the resurrection of Jesus? What if the message is actually deeper and more form-fitted for your uncertainty and brokenness? What if Easter this year and this gospel actually matches what's been happening in our pandemic more than ever, where maybe it doesn't actually make sense to celebrate as much this year. Maybe there's a little more reflection that's been happening. Maybe you've been thinking about the things that have been broken that have started to surface in your life. Maybe you've had time to consider the ways in which you feel like you're a failure. Maybe these are what's been happening over the past few months, and maybe that's exactly where Jesus finds his disciples 
and us on Easter morning. In this place where our brokenness and our failures are surfacing, right? And that's, that's interesting. The question would be, why is, why is he doing that? So I'm going to read you Romans, or I'm going to read you Mark 16, 1 through 8. And it says this, When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and Salome brought spices so that they might go to anoint Jesus. Very early on the first day of the week, just after sunrise, they were on their way to the tomb, and they asked each other, Who will roll the stone away from the entrance of the tomb? But when they looked up, they saw that the stone, which was very large, had been rolled away. As they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in white robe sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. He said, don't be alarmed. You're looking for Jesus the Nazarene who was crucified, but he's risen. He's not here. See the place where he was laid, but go tell his disciples and Peter... Peter's got to be like, I'm, I'm, one of the, I'm, I'm one of them. Go tell his disciples and Peter. I think that's actually really important. I'll tell you in a minute why. He's going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him, just as he told you. And they, trembling and bewildered, went out and fled from the tomb. They said nothing to anyone because they were afraid. And then there's some passages, some scripture that some of the first Christians added to this text, when I was in seminary, I actually was very confused by this. There was added parts because this wasn't sufficient to explain what was happening in the gospel narrative. So you can read a little on in your own Bible, and it will have the version there that expresses the whole of the gospel. It gives you those pieces that are just satisfying, that you need to hear, right? Like, And they take this message, and everybody dances off into the night, and there's a celebration, and Jesus is risen, and these disciples are empowered. But there's a reason I believe Mark pauses and doesn't do what the other Gospels does. There's a reason we like the one with the gardener and Mary of Magdalene being the preacher to the disciples. The first discipling preacher is a woman. There's a reason we like that narrative. There's a reason we like that the gardener is peculiar. It's dramatic. Mark doesn't give us any of that. He doesn't want us fascinated by the portions of that the other Gospels are doing. So he leaves us in an open space saying, it doesn't feel finished. And here's the truth. Jesus had already done this and nobody knows. That's the most confusing time in Scripture to me, that Jesus has already done everything that needs to be done for everyone to receive him and nobody knows. And there's a space. We would be so on point with cameras. It's like when your friend gets married and they have somebody hiding in the woods to be there to film that secret, sacred moment that's now being filmed. We don't have that with the resurrection. Why is it hidden? Why is no one there watching it? What's Jesus trying to say through the dis- Why is this not something that's on blast instantly? What's the point of that? I think it's too large. I think it's too large for one person to be standing there watching it. I think it's too boxed in to have one event with one person telling us what happened. So Mark does us a favor by saying, your lives are confusing and the world is confusing. And it's not a 10-step plan here. It's chaotic. There's celebration, there's joy. And, and this pandemic, I've witnessed and been to more funerals than I have in my entire life. In this pandemic, I've sat across from people who are broken in spirit in deeper ways than I've ever seen. In this pandemic, I've been with people who just learned how to cry because they can't run from themselves anymore. I'm one of those people. I cry all the time. We watched Chosen last night. I was doing my best. I'm not going to do it. Not going to do it. And then Peter bows before Jesus after he fills the boat. I'm done. I'm like, I walk in the kitchen like I was getting a drink. I was crying. That's what I was doing. I was going into the kitchen to cry like a man. But I'm telling you, this pandemic, pre-pandemic, I was not weepy like this. Right? So... So what if this gospel narrative by this gospel writer is talking to a people about where they really are instead of boxing everything in neatly where we just celebrate here and there and then Jesus is more like, and Mariah, you're going to hate me for saying this because this is a, a message someone preached and we felt like it probably wasn't appropriate to share. So that probably means I'm going to uh, share it at this point. But we treat Jesus like a side chick. And I think that's the truth kind of hidden and outside of the way. 
Like we're going to celebrate when we need to, right? But we're not going to talk about Jesus, right? Like we're out here in a parking lot talking about Jesus, and you're all listening. That's already supernatural, right? What's happening in this gospel that we need to learn? And I do not want to preach forever, but I'm going to share this, and then we're going to baptize people, and we're going to freak out, okay? So we prefer the accounts that are prettier. We prefer the other gospels, but maybe we embellish the story. You got to hear me say this. Maybe we embellish this story because we don't truly believe that Jesus will show up. Maybe we add to Easter because we really don't know if we believe that he is Jesus for people. A broken person being healed. Someone actually being saved. Talking to someone about someone being saved in Western Christianity, that's not even a conversation being had anymore. Do we embellish it because we don't believe it? Do we embellish the gospel? I have to believe from this point forward in my life that Jesus is enough and we don't have to add fog and smoke machines. and We don't have to have an invite plan. But Jesus is enough for brokenness, sickness, hurt, loneliness. Jesus is enough. And if he's not, then let's stop doing this. But we show up today because something in us tells us he probably is enough. But he still says, you don't know it all. And I'm still drawing you into a mystery, and it's not wrapped as neatly as you might have thought. And the invitation is for us to be honest about where we're at to be honest about our brokenness. Because if we can be honest about where we're broken, he can befriend our brokenness and heal us, and then we can be broken people with broken people. But if we're all polished and looking good, like a lot of you look right now, like check out my wife over there. She's just beautiful. Right? Yeah, and Paul. <laughs> you're, I mean, you, you're, you're well put together. It's not pers- it is personal, I guess, at this point, but... But we don't have to be beautiful. And, and when we're in a hospital, we don't care how beautiful somebody is when they walk in the room. We care how present they are. We don't care if they've memorized a prayer. We care if their heart is yearning for Jesus to heal and are with us and listening. Like the gospel story is not as polished as we might have thought, and that is good. Because the invitation is for people who aren't as polished as we thought, and that's every one of us. Because each of us are broken the same and different. And each of us are being met by a Savior the same and different. And each of the characters in this story have a part to play, but they have to match where they are. And all of them are walking differently, right? We have women running to the tomb because it's broken, right? They are crawling to a tomb to help get the tomb ready. We have disciples that have taken off. They're like, I don't, I don't want to be connected to a Jesus that's broken. That's not in my theology. Jesus is not broken. He only saves and hallelujahs. And he's like, well, he's in a tomb right now. They're out of there. We have people confused because the Christ- what, what are they even doing? This gospel is able to embody and encompass all of our pain and hurt, all of our celebration. It's a both and, and I love it. Mark wants us to see the desolation in the darkness. It's almost as like more should have been said, right? More should be said here. Mark's like, nope, watch these characters. Watch it play out. Watch the brokenness surface. Watch the people who have no idea about Jesus surface. Watch the closest people to Jesus in the most important time in history completely fail and misunderstand in the most important time. Watch this happen. He's like, get that up there because people are terrible. No, because all of us are needing to see what it's like when we're broken meeting Jesus. He just meets us better in those spaces when brokenness up. So their, their response is literally silence. Well, I want to sing hallelujah today, and I'm going to do that again. I just, I'm going to do it. I'm going to sing hallelujah. I'm going to do it when I go home. I'm going to do it here again, hopefully, in some ways. We're going to clap for people being baptized. But silence happens a couple times in Scripture. One of the best ways that silence happens is after God shows up, or theophany happens. When, ha- when that happens, when God shows up for people, a lot of times they're so bewildered, they can't even speak. It's too much to handle. There's no hallelujah, amen, because they're like, what is happening? What is going on? They walk into a tomb. Someone's dressed in white, telling them, not convincing them. Like, we want Jesus to be in the tomb being like, so this is confusing. 
I know that you thought I was dead, but I'm not. I'm Jesus. I'm here. Believe in me. They don't even get that. They get a person dressed in white telling them, you, you came because you thought he was dead. He's not dead. He went ahead of you to Galilee. It's like, are we texting? What is this? This feels like a conversation with my family. Why is he in Galilee? But they don't even respond. They just sit there and bear the weight of it. They bear the weight of what it must have meant. They let it land, right? Please forgive me for any time Jesus and community of earth for making people celebrate before they understood, for making people respond to Jesus and they don't even understand how he's healing them. Sometimes holy awe and reverence is the most worshipful thing that can be offered. Sometimes sitting under a tree outside and enjoying nature is the most worshipful thing that can happen. Sometimes shaking the hand of a friend and crying with them is the most worship thing, worshipful thing that can happen. I can tell you for certain that celebration all the time is not the worst, most worshipful thing that can happen. We're going to celebrate, though. Everybody say amen. We're going to celebrate. But they stand in silence. But there's some evidence, okay? So here's, here's where Jesus started to twist the screws of my heart. They actually have some evidence. They leave there. They're confused. They're, they're dipping out. We're not going to those people and telling them. We're going to go away and be quiet. But there's some evidence. They show up. The stone is rolled away. That's, that's not just a thing. That doesn't just happen. You can't just explain that away. Like my cynic wants to be like, but strong men could have shown up. No, it didn't happen. The stone is rolled away. They go in. There's someone dressed in white, a young man speaking to them. I mean, maybe you can explain that away. Maybe somebody got paid to be there and like, as an actor. There's a lot of good actors in Atlanta. Maybe they got one of the Atlanta actors now. No, maybe not. Jesus isn't there. That's, that's big. He's telling them Jesus is ahead of you. So it's almost like a lot of times we choose doubt, and we don't have all of the evidence, right? Like, we don't have all of it, but we have enough to either choose if we will press in or dip out. I mean, the stone is rolled away. There's someone in white inside the tomb, and Jesus is ahead of them. So, so these women, they have something. It's not like nothing happened. It's not like they showed up and Jesus was still dead, and now we're, they're trying to convince them, you need to believe in Jesus. Well, he's dead right there. That's not what's happening. He's not there. And so, maybe Easter's slower. Everybody say slow. Maybe Easter's actually slower than we originally thought. Maybe it's more like gardening. Maybe it's, you know, that we, I just found out yesterday you're not supposed to plant a garden until after Easter. I learned that yesterday. That's when I learned that because we planted a garden last year, I guess, after Easter, and it flourished. Like, it was a fruitful garden. Uh, I wouldn't say it was, it was tomatoes. Those are fruit. Those are fruit. It's a fruitful garden. But maybe receiving the gospel looks more like a seed going into earth than like a tree being brought to your house and being planted. And maybe as we contemplate what really happened, our kids will start to fall in love with the Jesus that doesn't make them do the thing now and invites them into a deeper story. Maybe it's so needing nurture in that state of being grounded. Maybe reception of resurrection looks like a seed that needs to be loved and cared for. But there's vulnerability, so we're like, we don't want it to be vulnerable. Maybe that's part of the growth between Mary and the disciples and Jesus that has to be nurtured and soil and has to be trusted that Jesus is Jesus. We don't have to embellish it and be like, I know Jesus isn't here, but he told me all these things. I took a picture of it. I'm showing it. Maybe we don't have to. Maybe the whole point is he is God. He's in charge of Easter. He knows what's happening and we can trust him. That's good. Does anybody know what soil needs in order for a, tr a plant to grow out of it? A seed. It needs a seed. <laughs> I tricked you. Because some of you wanted to say it, you know. But honestly speaking, we went and bought three bags of poo-poo and put them in our garden because the bags of poo-poo, I don't have another better word to say right now than that. They actually create the environment in the soil that helps to accelerate growth. Literally, the parts of animals' bodies that are no longer needed, that are like, I'm done with you, the parts that are ruined and extra and not good are the exact parts needed to put into a, 
garden to have seeds grow and then like other junk right back to the start like they're letting these parts surface in these characters these parts that are broken these parts that are actually the most needed to be seen parts of the soil for the actual seed to take root right what if what if the gospel is like a seed being planted and the things in your life that you would say is why you don't grow is the actual fertilizer and that probably shouldn't be tweeted at all, any of it. But that makes so much sense to me. Because we want to run from our brokenness because we're Americans, and we shouldn't talk about where we're broken. But what if the brokenness and the women who are disappointed, their love, they're there because they have a love for Jesus who is dead. So it's twofold, a dead person they love and this message that he was carrying. And then they leave in fear. Ooh, I'm, I could preach right here. They leave in fear and trembling. And I think I understood why. Because, not because Jesus isn't real and it didn't happen, but because Jesus is real. And they just realized, oh my gosh. This is actually real. What does that mean for my life that this is actually real? It's not, it's not playtime anymore. This gospel is calling me to love my neighbor. So they dip out, not because Jesus must have not shown up, but because he's real, and they realized it. There's a cost. There's a cost to love the neighbor. There's a cost to follow Jesus. He is not a side chick. He is whatever the opposite of that is, where he's the everything. I should have, I should have nuanced that. He's the wifey? Oh, that doesn't feel right, but I'm going to... They realized that he is real and his gospel had now cleansed them and realizing their selfishness was not going to be a part anymore. So it got real. I'm about to be asked to be on this adventure with this Jesus who's now in Galilee. I don't even know how he got there. People don't even like him. He's a disappointment. He's broken. He's doing things in secret that we would all brag about in public. I, I'm confused, but it's real now. This gospel's real. So today, my, I guess my question for you is, do you realize that the gospel is actually real? Like it's, not, it's not just a game, right? It's not just an add-on. It's not a thing around our neck. It's not just a Sunday and Easter and Christmas. It's not just, I love Jesus and bye. What if the reality of the gospel, gospel is so broad and big that he becomes your first love. What would that require of us? To not be convinced by someone in white in a tomb, but to follow Jesus who's saying, I'm pursuing you. I want you to taste and see. I want to be with you. Come follow me. And I'm going to meet you in your brokenness. And I'm going to give you rest. What does it mean to now follow this Jesus? And I can just assure you, our city needs people who are following Jesus. That's the gospel. The church living out this message of love and reconciliation. This is the message that we're here for. And I just went all over and it's all good. Everybody say hallelujah. Amen. Stalling, stalling words. Praise Jesus. Okay. So I'm, in a second, I'm going to call up some people who I want to celebrate. But first, I want to just speak a second on Peter. Because I think the reason Peter is mentioned is because Peter must have been so broken because he evidently has denied Jesus, and we all know this part. And he must have been dealing with a level of shame that would have almost been what somebody would probably call like stepping deeply into a place of deconstruction or needing to just be away. And so he's added to this conversation because he must have been feeling the kind of shame that would send someone completely in the opposite direction. And Jesus highlights him and says, the Peter, the person who has outwardly done exactly what he said he wouldn't, gotten himself into trouble, not followed me, the Peter is who I want you to go tell. So if there's like a, 
a narrative of me giving you an invitation. I am going to ask if anybody wants to receive Jesus as their Lord and Savior, and I'm going to love doing that, and I'm going to hope you want that. And I would love to be here to pray with you for that. But I also want you to think of the Peters in your life right now who are running full bore the opposite way, and not because they're bad people. They're just dealing with a level of shame that only love can heal, that only the pursuit of Jesus can heal, that only kindness and compassion can heal. They're not going to be met with, you moron, you did the bad thing. It's not going to work, and you already know that. But the love of Jesus through the Spirit of God is sending us into those conversations to say, he's still pursuing you. And there are people here, for sure, that believe that Jesus is not for you because of how you have treated Jesus. You've not lived up to what he has desired. He is pursuing you. He is always pursuing you. He is for you. He is always for you. That's the message of the gospel. And so, just for a second, everybody close your eyes. This is not something you should do in a parking lot with a bunch of people. Everybody close your eyes. I mentioned holy awe and reverence to the magnitude of what Jesus did. Let's all be silent for a few moments and let him take center stage. want to do this real quick. Each of you, um, if you'll just stand with me for a moment. Let's become children again. And there's many people here I don't know. I just really welcome you. If you want to hear anything about our church, it's that we want you to experience the love of Jesus, and we want that to be through relationship with other people. And I'd love to talk to you more about that. That's what we're here for. But I'd love to, before we baptize some people, just sing a simple song. Jesus loves me because I believe this is what he's singing over our entire city and our world. I'm going to start it and then I'm going to pull the mic away from my mouth as a favor. But I want you to sing this happy birthday style, not poetic Enneagram 4 style. Sorry to all my Enneagram 4s. I love you. All right. On the count of three. One, two, three. Jesus. Amen. So you can be seated. We're going to step into some baptisms and what you need to know about baptism for the local church. As you receive and believe and follow Jesus, you become a new creation created in Christ. We are baptized because Jesus was baptized and we love to follow his example. But this is also seen as a community event. In Acts, we see them starting to step into this. We fellowship with Jesus in baptism in that we are buried with him and risen to life with him. It's the initiation right into the body of Christ. It was a very important thing historically, very important for the early church. It was something that was meant to be continued as a sacrament into the church. As important as, as it is for an individual, it's just as important for you guys as a whole. This is a corporate event, and we're going to treat it like it. And so when someone is baptized, it would be appropriate to celebrate we're welcoming someone into the family of God because it's a public and a big deal. We want to celebrate them well. And so if you're one of those people, there's five people that have been 
asking to be baptized. We would love to do that. Would you please come up here and stand with me? I'm going to ask you a few questions. You guys can stand up here so that the people online can see you as well. Come this way, kind of straight on the straight on the curb right here, like up in front so I can walk in front of you. There you go. All right. Now shift over this way some. Good, 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 good. All right. So I'm going to walk down the line. I'm going to ask you guys a question, okay? The question is, very simply, why do you want to be baptized? Okay, I'll start over here on this side, and then I'll work my way down. You say your name, and then why you want to be baptized. Okay, my name is Erin. Thank you. <laughs> I like my name. Um, I want to be baptized because the old me's dead and gone. Dead and gone. Amen. Um, my name is Sierra. I'm sorry. I'm very overwhelmed with emotions. <laughs> I want to be baptized because I've been dealing with hurt for a really long time and I've just swallowed it and dealt with it and I got to a point where I was just empty and I had nothing left to give and I just want to walk along Jesus Christ and I want him to live through me and I just want to follow in his light. Hi, um, I'm here to be baptized today because I also was walking in brokenness for a really long time and I wanted the world to save me but it couldn't and that was a really hard realization that it could only be Jesus and when I realized that um, he healed me supernaturally in so many ways that it was just so hard to deny who he was and um, ever since then, I've I've just been loving life so much um, and people so much, and I feel like that's the biggest gift that he's given me throughout my whole journey with him. And I just want to show him just how much I appreciate him and just how much I'm committed to this walk. And he knows that even if I'm not perfect, I was never unworthy, and that's why I'm doing this today. Thanks, Toy. Hey. I'm Micah. Um, I just want to be baptized as a beloved disciple of Jesus. So. Love you, man. Hi, I'm Maddie, and I want to be baptized because I want to feel God's presence, and once it has been done, I want to share my experience with others' hopes in the hopes that they will feel God's presence too. Amen. So just hang there for one second. So really quickly, if there's any, so we do this every time we do baptisms. If there's anyone else that happens to be here today that can say the following things. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary and suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead and buried, who rose again on the third day and ascended to the right hand of the God from who from which he will come again to judge living and the dead, and I believe in the Holy Spirit. If that happens to be you, and those are truths, and you would like to be baptized today as well, there's an invitation now. And it's going to be awkward and quiet for a moment, but that's fine. If that's you, you can just come up and join me, and we'll figure it out. Amen? I'm going to give you some time. This is so awesome, bro. Do you want to tell us why you want to be baptized? So I can be close, closer to the Lord than I am. And this is Thomas. This is our friend Thomas. Stay there. Anyone else?
All right, it's my friend Reese. He's been in our discipleship group. We've been traveling together for the past three months. Jesus is all over him and waking him up in ways that I can't even imagine. I'm thankful you're up here, bro. You want to talk now? Or are you good? Okay. Anybody else? <laughs> That's so awesome. Anyone? Just a few more moments. So we're going to send them back, and I'm going to share a couple things with you guys. So let's pray a prayer of blessing over this community. Jesus, this is, a, this is an adoption happening right here. But even stronger than natural bloodlines is your bloodline, Jesus. When he says, welcome to the family, there's no power on earth or hell that can stop that. So we refute any lie of the enemy that says you are less than a beloved son and a beloved daughter of the Most High God, Yeshua. We love you, Jesus, for this. Welcome to the family. Let's pray a prayer of blessing over them. We bless you with everything that we have. We bless you to be invited to our tables, to share in our celebrations and our brokenness, to be really who you are, to grow as a disciple that's a seed and not a tree to be loved and to love. Bless you. In Jesus' name. You guys can head on back. As they're going, just a couple things. Can someone help um, Thomas, please? Get some strong men, strapping strapping strong men and women. Strapping strong men and women. Anybody who's strapping and strong? Yes, sir. It's Luke. It's Luke. It's not a competition, Luke. So what I love about what's happening right now, in just a moment, I'm going to let you, if you received a card, you can write a letter to anybody that you're close with, to any person that was up here that we give to them after. We'll, we'll put it in a gift. We have bag over there for them as they're being baptized. But what I also love about this is in the, historically in the church on Easter Sunday, people would not only get baptized, and I'm not about to ask you to be rebaptized, but I'm asking you to understand and remember your baptism. This would be a day where people would be reminded, do you know what you were baptized into? So it's actually a baptism from that for them and for you. It's your baptism to be reminded, this is real. Jesus is asking for all of you, and in return, he's giving you all of him. So we honor them by committing our own hearts to Jesus so that brothers and sisters can grow together and spur one another on and speak the truth in love actually see fruit come from us so in the early church they would they would recommit their whole lives so i pray over each person here jesus remind them of their baptism remind them of the day you called them and said i love you with an undying love i pursued you i love you even broader than you can even experience right now it's too much only silence will help and just for the next few moments, if you have a card, if you don't, I'm not sure who, raise your hand if you got a card to write on when you came in. So there's six of you, you all have to write a hundred cards to every person. So if you would want to, if you really want to write a card, just run over to this table over here or come up to me and I'll give you a piece of paper. I'll give you my message. You can write on the back of it. Parents, if you could um, come and get your kids so that they can be a part of this as well. Um, you'd want st to stand up and it would, it would be an interaction with your physical body to go and get them lovingly because we want them to experience this. We love at River City. One Sunday a month we have our whole families together because we, we don't want it to feel like the kids are doing a different thing. right? They shouldn't just be experiencing Disneyland and then all of a sudden one day they're in a church and they're like, what is all this stuff? We feel like they should be a part of it. So seeing this is important for our whole families. And so if you'll grab them and bring them back to their seats. And right after we do baptisms, we're going to offer some space with our prayer team. Leslie, are you out here right now? 
So Leslie's going to be up here to the right. If you would like to pray the prayer of salvation or any prayer at all, we would love to pray with you right when the service is over. Let's sing this together. Uh, we know the doxology here at RCC. We're going to start with, uh, with praise God. Here we go. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures here below. Praise Him above the heavenly host. Praise Father. Son and Holy Ghost. Amen. 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 One more time. from whom all blessings flow praise him all creatures here below praise him above Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. One more time this morning. Amen. And we sing Amen. In agreement we sing Amen. Amen. Toyin's going to be first if you're here with Toyin to help. Please join us up here. So I'm going to ask you a few questions, okay? You can just respond by saying you do, okay? Do you believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth? Do you believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He rose again on the third day and ascended to the right hand of God from which he will come again to judge living and the dead. I do. Do you believe in the Holy Spirit? Absolutely do. Emphatically. If you want to be kneeled. And as I speak the words, we can pour together. We baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Aaron's going to come up now. You just keep this one on. That one's, there's another one. There's an add-in. I like it. All right. I'm going to ask you a few questions. You just respond what I do. Aaron, do you believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth? Absolutely. 
Aaron, do you believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried, who rose again on the third day and ascended to the right hand of God, from which he will come again to judge the living and the dead? Yep. Do you believe in the Holy Spirit? 100%. You may be seated. This is my sister, by the way, so that's good. We baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Next up is Micah. Hey, Micah. I'm going to ask you a few questions. Just respond. I do. Micah, do you believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth? I do. Micah, do you believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried, who rose again on the third day and ascended to the right hand of God, from which he will come again to judge the living and the dead? I do. Micah, do you believe in the Holy Spirit? I do. Can you be seated? up is Sierra. I'm going to ask you some questions. You can just respond by saying I do. Sierra, do you believe in God Almighty, maker of heaven and earth? I do. Do you believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried, who rose again on the third day and ascended to the right hand of God, from which he will come again to judge the living and the dead? I do. Do you believe in the Holy Spirit? Yes, I do. Next, we have Maddie. Maddie, I'm going to ask you a few questions. You can just respond by saying, I do. Do you believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth? I do. Do you believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead and buried, but rose again on the third day and ascended to the right hand of God, from which you will come again to judge the living and the dead? I do. Do you believe in the Holy Spirit? I do. You can be seated.
Father, thank you for this beautiful daughter of yours and ours. Let's pray that you continue to just pour into her all the days of her life. Bless her and hold her close. It does surround her with a church family that will always, always walk with her and carry her to your throne. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Next up, Reese. Proud of you, bro. Extremely. I'm going to ask you some questions. You can respond by saying you do, okay? Reese, do you believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth? I do. Do you believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried, who rose again on the third day and ascended to the right hand of God, from which he will come again to judge the living and the dead? I do. Reese, do you believe in the Holy Spirit? Oh, yeah. <laughs> you can be seated. for living in Reese's heart heart, and allowing it to shine through now. We love that Jesus is uh, re being rebaptized in his adult life, and we're so proud of him. Stay growing inside his heart and share it with all this world. Amen. Amen. Thank you. All right, Thomas. Thomas, I'll ask you a few questions. Just respond by saying, I do. I really don't want to get all your stuff wet. So is there a way we can, we can kind of help, help hold them over here? Can you turn and face the body? Thomas, I'm going to ask you a few questions. Just respond by saying, I do. Thomas, do you believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth? I do. Thomas, do you believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried, who rose again on the third day, and ascended to the right hand of God, from which he will come again to judge the living and the dead? I do. Thomas, do you believe in the Holy Spirit? If you could all stand, we're going to sing the doxology together, birthday style. After, after we sing, we'd love to get all of you together for a picture. Before we sing, we're going to bless them again. We're going to say thank you that God does all that he said he would do. I'm going to remind you that what God does, we cannot mess up. It's his job. He's the God of Easter. We're not. So what he's done is good and right and true. So Jesus blessed them keep them make your face to shine upon them i love you guys let's sing it birthday style praise god from whom all blessings flow praise him all creatures Father, Son. 
reminder, if you'd like prayer, Leslie and her team will be over here um, to the right of the stage. And if you would like prayer to receive Jesus, we would love to pray for you that. For any other, t- anything at all, we would love to pray for you that. You can make your way over there. Thank you, guys. Love you, guys. Hang out, play games, enjoy the presence of other people. Happy Easter. Thank you again for joining us today. And please visit our website at rivercitysmyrna.com.